from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. Stormy Bonantoni with you, hanging out for the next hour live from our Circa Sportsbook studio. And after I complained all open yesterday about what a loser I was, we bounced back with our NHL power plays yesterday, going two for two. The Bruins beat the VGK on the road. Florida puck line comes through. Shout out Dan Leach, also of the Detroit City cast, for giving us that Pistons plus eight and a half. Didn't even need it as they get the money line win. Only loss for me was the Oregon Ducks, which I told you I was never going to bet again yet here we are and I'm sick but it's fine hopefully our guests can help me out get us back on the winning track especially with all the college hoops conference tournament talk we have on deck Adam Burke VEASAN's own will be with us in studio momentarily we'll also hear from Chris Andrews to get his perspective from behind the book but like we always do let's get it going with our top five stories things you need to know that impact us is better starting with how about them Lakers slumping again but that's all we can expect now as two point dogs yesterday against the Los Angeles Clippers lost 132 to 111. We're outscored 40 to 18 in the third quarter. The LeBron James squad now has dropped seven of their last eight games. They sit ninth in the Western Conference standings with best case scenario looking like a play-in tournament spot. LeBron, however, has been terrific. The team just has not, and he's at the point in his career where he can't do it all. Charles Barkley even on TNT last night said, and I quote, we're not showing these guys anymore. We're not putting these bums from Southern California on on our program anymore. Ouch, LA will next get set to host the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night. The Lakers actually led the Warriors with three and a half minutes to play their last meeting February 12th. Could not hold on, falling 117-115, and there you see LeBron's numbers. He's been fantastic, just has not seemed to matter. Number two in the top five in the NFL, Amari Cooper's days in Dallas appear to be numbered. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter reporting this morning the Cowboys are likely to release the wide receiver by the start of the new league year when Cooper is due $20 million in guaranteed money. The four-time Pro Bowler. Finished his fourth year in Dallas with 68 receptions, 865 yards, and just eight touchdowns. Without Cooper, Dallas will have C.D. Lamb and several question marks at receiver entering the new league year. Notably, Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson both set to become unrestricted free agents, as is tight end Dalton Schultz. Cowboys 14-1 odds to take home a Lombardi trophy next year. Number three, when it comes to PGA Tour bloopers, we don't necessarily expect them to come from the world number one. But that's what we had yesterday. John Rahm in the opening round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational yesterday missing a 10-inch putt. The PGA Tour called it the shortest missed putt of the season by any player before Thursday. The reigning U.S. Open champ was a perfect 211 and 211 for putts inside three feet. Rom, the pre-tournament odds favorite to win the Florida event, had an opening round even par 72 that left him tied for 51st. He's since risen to two under in a tie for 21st at 25 to one now to win the event. Rory McIlroy was your day one leader, cashing at plus 490 if you bet the opening round, plus. 
350 now live to win the tournament. Victor Hovland, though, your current leader at plus 185 odds. UFC 272 coming up tomorrow. Grudge match style. The welterweight main event. Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. Covington, a minus 335 favorite over Masvidal, plus 260 dog. The out of the cage narrative, though, fueling this one. Former roommates, sparring partners, best friends turned foes. Guess the relationship soured between the two, uh, evidently over money owed to a mutual coach. Covington supposedly owed cash. He never paid. That's what sparked this rivalry. But both also came up short against Usman twice, making the disdain grow. Should be a fun fight. Most insiders I've seen backing Covington by decision in this one. Lastly, in college hoops, Mike Krzyzewski getting set to coast his coach his final home game in Cameron Indoor Stadium tomorrow night as the number four ranked Duke Blue Devils take on the UNC Tar Heels ticket prices for this one absolutely through the roof the cheap seats going for $3,000 a pop Duke notched a wire to wire 87-67 blowout victory during the first installment of this year's series in Chapel Hill widely expected to repeat the performance this weekend Duke riding a seven game win streak also fresh off a 30 point win over Pitt as a 14 and a half point favorite UNC's won their last four but their most recent loss to that same Pitt team by nine we will keep our college hoops conversation roll in as we bring in VEASAN's own Adam Burke, the one and only. Uh, does tremendous work on VEASAN.com writing. You appear on, I think, like every single show now. Do you ever take a breather? You're back in town now. You did. You did take a breather. You took a vacation. Sort of. I did. But actually, I did my betting across America spot from the parking lot at the Fair, uh, Columbia Zoo. So I, I couldn't stay dedication. away from that. Uh, and then, of course, doing the daily newsletter every day, both the subscriber one and the free email. So uh, hopefully everybody likes me because they certainly get a heavy dose of me here at BC. <laughs> just, when, just when you think that you get a little time away, we sucker you back in. We have to do it. But, um, of course, uh, the big story coming up Saturday, the game, Duke-UNC, Coach K's final hurrah in Cameron Indoor. It's going to be an incredible scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got the crazies to begin with, let alone <laughs> what they're going to look like here in Coach K's final home game. Uh, look, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we started the show. I mean, Duke has incentive in this game, in the conference tournament, with this being Coach K's last hurrah. I mean, look, you would think a team like Duke would kind of have an eye towards the NCAA tournament, kind of the, the bigger fish to fry, so to speak, where they'd obviously love to cut down the nets when all is said and done for Coach K. The one thing I think is interesting about this game tomorrow is a lot of pressure, a lot of distractions for this Blue Devils team. You know, kind of the team that has nothing to lose here is sort of North Carolina. Nobody mm -hmm. expects them to win this game anyway. They are kind of one of the last four-in types of teams, so it'd be great for them if they could knock off Duke in this game. But, I mean, look, if, if you're a Blue Devils player, right, I mean, you, you're you as high-strung as humanly possible in this game. You can't lose this game at home. That's you know, a really good K's point. That's one. a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress on that group. It really is. And look, I mean, they led by as many as 23 in the first half against North Carolina in the first game. They're a double-digit favorite for this one. I saw faraway places open at 10.5. Mm -hmm. It's already up to 11.5, and, and it'll probably just keep growing from there. But I think it's kind of an interesting you know, type of handicap. Not only do you have all this Coach K stuff, it's senior day. There mm -hmm. are three seniors on the roster. None of the three play all that often and don't contribute a whole lot. Do they start this game for Coach K? Or does Coach K put his top starting five out there Try to dictate the game early. A lot of questions, I think, for this game that should appear to be cut and dry, but I don't think it is. Right before we came on air, I know you were looking up some of the stats of those seniors. Can you give me any of the blurbs that you found? Yeah, so the, the three seniors on Duke's roster average five, 3.1, and 1.7 points per game. So if those guys do get some playing time, particularly early in this one, 
maybe North Carolina first half before Duke just completely takes over this game. Okay. I think that's a possibility, but you know, I don't know if Coach K is going to send out the seniors or not. Hopefully we get some clarity on that before the game. Yeah, TBD. That's that's always the, the interesting part is you never know what actually is going to happen with association to those senior days, but it's going to be a tremendous game, going to be a fun one. I like me, that you brought – go let ahead. Let me actually ask you something real quick. So you covered Mountain West Sports. Mm-hmm. You've covered some senior days. How, how do you handle that from a handicapping standpoint? Because it's emotional. It's bittersweet. But also, you know, some guys might play that that typically don't get the playoff. Well, and I think it's more dependent. Like, a lot of times I've seen the seniors get in, like, at the end of games that normally wouldn't, regardless of the game situation. It's the last game of the year, especially for the teams that it doesn't have, like, a lot on the line with regards to seeding for the tournament. If it's already set, you know where a team's going to end up being. Then they do it at the end of the game instead of the beginning of the game. So I think it's more of a situational, a team-by-team thing. But with all of the fanfare, like you said, and everything that's going to go into this game, I could certainly see them starting it and then finishing the way that Duke tends to finish games. But we'll see. Which matters if you're betting a double-digit favorite. You know, if totally. those three seniors come into the game late and the game's kind of hanging point. in the balance, yeah. you know, that could be something that you want to consider too. So talk a little bit more about the ACC tournament for me. Because, yes, like you said, of course they're going to want to get – Coach K, one more title, right? Because he, does, he doesn't have nearly enough, I'm sure. Um, but getting one more title, is there anybody else that could really contend for it? Because to me, it feels like Duke and everybody else. Yeah, I mean, the ACC is largely Duke and everybody else, as you said. I mean, look, there are five teams that are expected to make the NCAA tournament. None of them are, are anywhere near Duke's level. Speaking of the Mountain West, like I would prefer to see five Mountain West teams with how competitive and fun that league has been versus five ACC teams. Like I'm not intrigued by that league personally. Right. Yeah. And and it's an age old you know issue that we've taken up with the on, with the selection committee on Selection Sunday of you know who wants the fourth best team in the ACC when we kind of know what they're going to do. They're going to win a game against a you know small conference and then probably lose in the second round. Give me the narrative. You know, give me the story. Everyone mm-hmm. wants the Cinderella. Give me more options for that, but money talks, and you know it's just kind of the way that it is. Look, the one thing I would worry about with a team like Duke is they want the national championship. So how much effort and emphasis do they put into playing three games in three days to win the ACC tournament? Is that something that they're fully motivated, fully motivated for, fully focused on? Or it's a situation where they're just better than everybody else. So maybe they just do the bare minimum to get by, win the games they need to, cut down the nets, give Coach K another celebration, all of that. I'll say this. I wouldn't bet against Duke to win the ACC tournament, but in big favorite roles, I don't think I'd want to lay the points with them Mm -hmm. because they're going to do what they have to do to get by. You know, They're not going to play their starters 35, 36, 37 minutes if they don't have to because they know they're probably going to be a number one seed. They're going to handpick where they want to go. That's already been talked about. And they just have bigger things that they're worried about. We'll talk about this more on the other side of the break, but is there a conference tournament that does excite you, that does intrigue you more than others? I think there are some, and I think we should save them for save after the it. break so I could dig in a little bit deeper. But I love this time of year, and frankly, from a betting standpoint, I prefer conference tournaments to March Madness. Right. Oh, see, I love that. That's fun. And um, just I love this time of year, but this time of day, I do get a little bit sluggish. I get a little bit tired. So if you're tired after lunch, you're not alone, my friends. In fact, research shows that more than 70% of us hit the wall around this time of day. So let a five-hour energy shot help you leap over that wall instead of crashing into it like your girl does often. With zero sugar, an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to fivehourenergy.com. 
Tropicalbrewing.com to find more than 15 flavors to choose from. You got grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, plenty more. There is a flavor for everybody. Again, that's 5hourenergy.com. Get a 5-hour energy today. Stick with us here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. More coming up, conference tournament talk. We've also got fade or follow with the biggest plays out there that the public are betting on. Do we agree? Do we disagree? We've got all that and more. Don't go anywhere. This is My Guys in the Desert. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. VEASAN college hoops experts, including our guy Greg Hoops Peterson, analyze every game. We discuss with bookmakers who are making the lines and we're finding that best value early. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with VEASAN college hoop experts Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vcin.com i'll be there tim murray will be there it'll be a fun show adam burke on set with us in studio here at circa sportsbook and before we get back to our conference tournament conversation got a little fader follow action here with some of the bigger public plays for games being bet tonight we're going to start in the nba everybody was all over the bucks minus three and a half at the bulls tonight so much so that it's gone up to five and a half but 91 percent of the handle 75 percent of the bets fader follow one's gone up all the way to five and at this point in time it's probably unbettable for the Milwaukee side if you like Chicago I don't know if this line gets any higher but with that being said I think a lot of people just expect the Bucks to kind of hit another gear as good teams typically do now that we're getting closer to the playoffs so I can't argue with this one I think Milwaukee's probably right side tonight. I do too I always just get nervous about like how much do they care right now TBD that was a pass game for me just because but I don't bet a lot of NBA super heavy anyways in the National Hockey League this is where you can catch your girl Rangers money line minus 165 against the Devils 90 92% of handle, 83% of bets, also 92% of handle on the Rangers' puck line, minus a goal and a half. Yeah, the Rangers have been uh, the talk of social media out there because they have elite goaltending with Shesterkin, and the rest of the team is just not very good. So it's really tough for me to lay big prices with them because Shesterkin just has to be so good. With that being said, I mean, the Devils are, are not really a team anybody wants to back right now, as evidenced by what's happening with this line. So Tend to agree with this one, but it's not one I'll be playing. That was a follow one for me because in in the NHL, minus 165 isn't even a big line anymore, which is so crazy with all these huge minus 400 favorites. But there's teams in certain sports that just have each other's numbers, and historically the Rangers have that for the Devils. So that's one of the reasons why I'm backing them, in addition to our guy Igor Shosturkin. Last one, Murray State. Uh, taking on Southeast Missouri, the under 152, the biggest bet, 99% of handle, 93% of the bets in the Ohio Valley. Yeah, this is one I would tend to agree with as well. And, and you know, this one of the big things about conference tournaments that you want to look at is how totals go based on the venue. And this is a venue that tends to go a little bit more towards the underside, especially in high total games like this. Also, too, Murray State's a 14.5 point favorite in this game. If you get a favorite that big, you can probably eliminate the end of the game following scenario where the underdog's trying to extend the game, get more possessions, all of that. So that probably cuts down on the score a little bit in this one. So I, I agree with this one. This one's definitely one that We're I did follow. following all of the public today? What are we doing? I guess so. I guess so. The books always win.
the books all. Maybe not weird. today. Maybe not today. I, I like certainly it. don't think so in this last game. The other two <laughs> could go either way, but I think the under is the right side in this game. So I absolutely love Murray State. They've been the bell of my ball with regards to some of these lower conferences um, worth talking about. And Murray State, I actually have a bet on them minus 180 to win the Ohio Valley because just my dad and I were talking about this yesterday. They're, they have the top seed. They got to jump right to the semifinals. They have a matchup tonight where they're huge favorites again. If they do go to the championship game, they're likely going to play a Belmont team that they have dominated twice already this year. So, I mean, I don't def- usually tell people to place such a hefty number on a wager like that. But for this situation, I really, really liked Murray State. Yeah, and you told me you got this at minus 180, which, I mean, look, there are two things that you want to do. One is make what you think is a really smart wager, and two is get the best price that you can. You've done both of those things here with this Murray State team, and, and I can't I can't find any fault with what you did. I mean, the two regular season games, Murray State won by 22 and mm-hmm. 33 points. So, and that's the second-best team in the, in the league in Belmont, a team that's very, very good on two-point shots, and Murray State just completely dominated them. And to your point, and I think this is really smart what you did, Look, Belmont's in a tough game tonight against Moorhead mm-hmm. State. And in fact, I actually like Moorhead State plus four and a half. Played that one myself. Murray State, not only did they get the free buy to the semifinals, they're a two-touchdown favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. And it was 16 before the market came in on Southeast Missouri State. So you did exactly what you want to do when you're trying to set up a conference tournament future. You want to look at the draw. You want to see who these teams are likely to end up playing and Murray State getting that advantage of the bye all the way to the semifinals and then playing a team in the semifinals that they were going to be a massive yeah. favorite against, minus 180, minus 200, I think both of those were short prices. Well, and I'm not lying to you. I bet, I bet it hard. So this presents my next question to you. I'm hoping, obviously, that Murray State wins tonight, that they go on to win the championship. But is it worth hedging, betting the opposition, whoever ends up being in that game, plus the points? Or is that something that's just a strategy in general as you approach conference tournaments or not? It's a general strategy. I mean, there's no definitive answer to it. And what's going to be really difficult about this one is, look, when these two teams played February 24th at Murray State, Murray State was only a three-point favorite in that game. And that was at home. And this is going to be a neutral site game where you would think, in theory, taking away home court, Murray State minus one, minus one and a half, something like that. They've won the two games by 22 and 33. Mm-hmm. So putting this line at one and a half, two, two and a half, three, something like that is very hard to do, given the two data points that we have here so far. You may not have enough equity in betting Belmont plus the points. If you want to take the money line as an easy hedge, free roll the game, guarantee profit no matter what, you could. But also, you've got Murray State at a good number. I guess the team they've dominated. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just want to hope that that you know plays itself out the way it's supposed to. Ride it out, baby. We shall see. With uh, the racers. <laughs> with the, the racers. State racers. Yes. Before we went to break, um, I did kind of tease with what is one of the conference tournaments that you're really specifically interested in betting or getting in on or think is an intriguing storyline. What you got for us? Yeah, so I think that we need to approach the major conference tournaments different from how we've approached the conference tournaments this week. Because in a lot of the conference tournaments that have already started, uh, some that will start over the weekend and all of that, it's a one-bid league. You know, you get your one shot, your one opportunity, as Eminem would say. And in these other conference tournaments, I'm not. I will not. That You're, you're the singer, not me. Um, but look, in these other conference tournaments, multiple teams are already in right? You're not playing for your NCAA tournament life. You're playing for seeding or you're playing for maybe to get on the right track, get some confidence going before the tournament, something like that. So I think in these major conference tournaments, you really want to take a look at these individual team situations, right? Like we talked about Duke. Duke wants to win because it's Coach K's last year. 
If it wasn't Coach K's last year, I would say, you know what? Duke's more worried about being rested for the NCAA tournament. I'm going to bet on somebody else. But because it's Coach K, that's an altogether different type of animal. You look at the SEC tournament, for example, which is usually in Nashville. This year it's in Tampa. So you won't have the crowd edge for Kentucky, for a Tennessee, something like that. Kentucky is a team, Ty Ty Washington's been hurt. They've had other guys that have been banged up. If you're John Calipari, do you really go all out to win three mm-hmm. games in three days here? Or do you think to yourself, you know what? I don't want to overextend my players. I'd rather, you know, kind of ease into the NCAA tournament, try to get everybody as healthy as possible, maybe even have a week off. Who knows if they wind up getting knocked off in, in their first game, something like that. So I think you have to look at that. You know, Kentucky is the best team, in my opinion, in the SEC. They could win this tournament if they want to. I don't know if they want to. Okay. On the other hand, a team like Auburn, who struggled down the stretch a little bit, there's a little more incentive for Bruce Pearl's team to lock up a number one seed, but also to fix some of the bad habits that they developed. So, you know, I think you really have to look at that in these major conference tournaments where it's not just one bid on the line. It's teams setting themselves up for the future. So let's push that forward. What about a league like the Pac-12, for example, where you have two upper echelon teams? I mean, obviously, Arizona, the better of the two between them and UCLA. But is Arizona a team that is going to be going that extra mile to try in the conference tournament to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, Arizona is a team. They like to push the tempo. They like to push the pace. Do they want to be playing 73, 74 possession games three day, three times in three days when they have the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. coming up? I don't know if that's something that they're super interested in. So Arizona is going to be, a, it already is, a clear favorite to win this because they are the best team. Even though you think Oregon's going to win it. I, it or <laughs> Dana Altman just does it every Ooh. year. Uh, it, he does Ugh. it every year. And he's going to do it to you just because you've lost some bets on Oregon this year. <laughs> but you know, look, I think that you have to look at these these number one seeds in these conference tournaments and look at all of their individual situations and say, are they going to go all out to win this thing? Is that something that they want to do where, yes, they're the best team, but will they show it? Are they interested in showing it? You know, so I think a team like Arizona, you know, could be ripe to slip up against USC or UCLA or maybe even a Colorado or somebody mm-hmm. like that where these other teams that are fighting for seeding or maybe just to get in the tournament just have additional motivation to play in those games. Interesting. So Pac-12, maybe consider looking down the board a little bit farther. Um, Big East is another. We've got about a minute left here with you. Uh, Big East, another tournament that could be pretty intriguing when all is said and done. Do you have a lean in that conference? You know, that's one that's interesting to me because Villanova, I mean, they've won it basically for the last five years. We can kind of draw a line through last year's result with Georgetown winning it. But Colin Gillespie has been banged up. Jay Wright knows what he has. Mm-hmm. You know, does he feel like he needs to prove something winning this conference tournament? I don't know if that's really the case. You know, is it a team like Providence? Is it a UConn who's a pretty solid team? You know, Villanova could win it because they're probably the most talented team in the league, but that doesn't mean I want to bet on it. You know, I, I'd, I'd rather take a team that I know is going to be very focused and invested as opposed to a team where I'm not entirely sure. UConn invested? It should be. They, they should absolutely be. should be. We shall. Thank you again for coming on every Friday. So much better. What did you say before? Vegas is better when you're here. <laughs> what can I say? That's Adam Burke. Make sure you check him out. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Get the daily best bets emails. He's crushing it all the time. When we come back, be better. Who needs to step their game up? And Chris Andrews of the South Point joins us. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to My Guys. 
guys in the desert, Zin Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. They're smoke-free, spit-free, made with food-grade in ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid, place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zin's available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six milligrams for even more enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy nicotine anywhere, anytime, thanks to Zin. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zin. Visit Zin.com, that's Z-Y-N.com, to learn more and find Zin nicotine pouches near you. They're only for adults 21 and up who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. And it is time, as we welcome you back here onto the program, to be better. Which teams, players, organizations need to step their game up? We're starting with you, Los Angeles Lakers. What you doing? Dropped four straight, lost seven of your last eight games. And that's with LeBron out here doing LeBron things. He's averaged 28 points at 50% shooting, 9.8 rebounds, six and a half assists over this team slump. Thursday's ugly loss to the Clippers, by the way, who are without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Norman Powell. 20th time this season now, the Lakers have trailed by 20 or more points. It's the 14th by 25 or more, 7th by trailing by 30 points or more this year. All three the most in a season by LeBron James in his career on one of those teams. They're just fighting to hang on to that play-in game position at this point. Ninth in the Western Conference, this team 65-1 to 1 odds to win the title. A stark contrast from where they were in the preseason. Also, be better NHL Cup contenders. What are you doing? How is it that the Colorado Avalanche are one of the best teams in the league? Actually, the best when you look at the points. Yet, you've lost two games now to the Arizona Coyotes? How is this possible? Minus 400 favorites against the worst team in the NHL, and you can't get it done. Toronto losing the other day 5-1 to Buffalo. Can't get a win over Montreal or Columbus, losing four of your last seven. Carolina outscored 8-3 their last two games and a loss to the Detroit Red Wings. And the Vegas Golden Knights, you kidding me? Losers and sick of your, six of your last eight. I know that you're a very injured team, but the only wins that you have had in that span are to the San Jose Sharks, another team that's out here losing to Arizona. At least the Florida teams are trying, but NHL Cup contenders be better. And last one, Major League Baseball, be better. Get it figured out. You have had months, months to work out this CBA agreement and instead of making any progress in that time, left it to the 11th hour, having marathon cram session-like meetings now, still no forward progress. Get it together, we need our baseball. I know our next guest, just as disappointed as we all are that no resolution is yet to come. Chris Andrews, Sportsbook Director at the South Point. Thanks as always for joining us. What's your frustration uh, just as a fan, as a bookmaker, that we can't get this figured out with baseball? Well, it's one of those things where, like, bookmakers cry over the years about how tough baseball is, and it is tough. But by the end of the year, if you look at the numbers, they're pretty good. You know, you just grind it every day, 162 games. And, you know, here it, it's a great baseball product for us because you can park real easily, run in, make your bet, run out. So we do a terrific baseball handle. And I every year I show it to Michael Gaughan, and he says, wow, I can't believe that we do that much. I said, yeah, that's just one of those days. The bad part is when you get a bad matchup, you're stuck with it for three or four days. And we have a couple bad matchups. 
uh, it makes it tough. But, you know, that's that's the life of a bookmaker. A lot of ups and downs. And in the end, we wind up. I always say, don't cry for the bookmaker. We'll be okay. <laughs> yes, never cry for the books. But hopefully we do get baseball back sooner rather than later and we get that start date figured out. Um, another team that we just referenced in that Be Better that I wanted to ask you from a bookmaking perspective is the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, are people still backing them given what they've shown this season, whether it be on a game-to-game basis or futures? Yeah, they are back in a moment. If you look at our futures, I know we lose pretty good on them to win the to win the conference. We lose pretty good, not so much to win the NBA. But uh, yeah, I just look at them and I can't believe money comes in on them. I mean, it's uh, betting against them is like the gift that keeps on giving. I guess I heard somebody quote that the other day on Twitter, and it really is true. Um, but you know, you look at the the names in the lineup. And, uh, you know, you hate to make that bet against them, but of course that's the top two or three guys. And you go any deeper than that. There's a lot of names you'd like to bet against. And, uh, but you know, that's just one of those things where people are just convinced that they can turn it on at any time. And, uh, it's just not happening. Well, are you convinced? Like what's your view on this team and their potential to get in and win in the postseason? And, and where were the odds preseason? Cause I remember them being a relatively high favorite on the board compared to the 65 to one or whatever it's out right now. Oh yeah. I mean, they certainly were. I, I, let me, give me a second. I could try to look it up, but I mean, yeah, they were, they, they were certainly one of the favorites to win it all. I mean, we've got them 35 to one now. And uh, I'm trying to look here. We had, um, oh my gosh, where we had them three to one. Wow. You know, so uh, certainly one of the top choices in the league. And, uh, you know, we, we got, I'm looking at my charts here. We got quite a bit of money on them plus $3. And, you know, we kept inching up plus three and a quarter, plus three fifty, plus $4. And uh, they bet them all the way up plus 18 to one, you know, 25 to one. And uh, they finally backed off a little bit now, but uh, you know we're at thirty-five to one. Anybody wants to come in at that price, uh, they're welcome to do it. I, I think I think they'll make the play-in uh, tournament. Um, you know, I think, but I, you know, if, even if they win and get through that, I think they're going to be one and done after that. So uh, you know, I don't think they're they're just not much of a danger. And I, I've seen it over the years where people think that teams can turn it on or off whenever they want. And it always sticks in your mind when one of these teams does do it, but more often than not, they don't. Well, Russell Westbrook said he's he's still just figuring it out, Chris. So we'll, we'll see what yeah. ends up happening with the Lakers <laughs> long term. But it is, as you know, March Madness, conference tournament time. What kind of influx of, of people are you expecting to see at the books of handle with all of these games coming in? I know betters want to be all over it. Well, you know, the conference tournaments, you know, I, I – Love it, and I, I I love the basketball. It's really a great basketball. These teams know each other really well, uh, but I always thought that the handle is a little disappointing from my end because I'm looking at it more as a basketball fan, and I think the basketball is probably better in these conference tournaments than you do than you see during the first two days of the big tournament. Uh, like I said, because these teams know each other so well. Uh, but that being said, the the action is not nearly as strong. And I think part of it is our numbers are just too good. You know, and I hope I'm not jinxing myself by saying that, you know, but we, like I said, we know these teams very well. And I think there's not quite as many opportunities for handicappers out there to find us in, uh, you know, in a line that's, you know, just completely wrong. Um, you know, we just don't, you just don't see that very often, but that tends to inhibit some of the action, but we do get a lot of people in this town because there's a lot of these tournaments are held right here in Las Vegas. 
but we get a lot of those guys that are coming up at, you know, 100, 200 or a dime on their teams. And, you know, we really welcome those kind of players. They're, uh, they're, they're great customers to have, and we get plenty of those, but the big money plungers, we don't really see this for this week of the, uh, of the conference tournaments. Okay. And we'll ask you more about the NCAA tournament futures as we get closer to tickets actually being punched and seedings being placed for the big tournament. But first off, I mean, tomorrow we've obviously got UNC Duke, such a big game. Um, what's the level of handle you're expecting for that one? Just because so many eyeballs are going to be on it. I imagine it'll be bet pretty heavily. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, Duke, North Carolina gets bet heavily every <laughs> year. Uh, I, I would say even if they're bad, but when was the last time both teams were bad? Almost never. Um, you know, so I think this game has really been getting a lot of publicity the last week and, you know, coach K is, you know, arguably among the top two or three coaches of all time in the NCAA. It's his final game against his arch rival. And, uh, we will get a ton of handle on this. And certainly the media is helping us out a lot because you've been hearing about it all mm-hmm. week. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think, I think it'll be a great game and a great atmosphere. And, uh, I saw where tickets for the game, the cheapest seats you can get is about, $3,500 for a ticket. So I hope that's reflected in our handle here. And I kind of think it will be incredible. The cheap seats over three K crazy. One last thing before we let you go, We've got about a minute left with you here, Chris, but obviously it's NFL combine time right now. Um, what do you guys have? Who do you guys have at South point as your odds on favorite right now to be that top overall pick and where are you seeing the influx of cash? Uh, we have not posted it yet. We're okay. going to go, we get through the combine before, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, let's get through this and then we'll start posting some of those odds. But, uh, you know, and once we get through this, it's almost pretty, yeah, those first two, I see it up on your, uh, on your board right there. Those two guys look like they're pretty solid to be either one or two. It was Hutchinson for a long time. And I guess Neil's kind of passed them recently. And I don't know why these guys have been playing for years, but all of a sudden they get some good numbers in the combine and everybody changes their opinion. You know, but those two look like uh, pretty locked to be the either one or two. Well, we'll check back with you on your guys' numbers when you have them up here soon. But thank you so much, as always, for joining us, Chris. You're the best. All right. You got it, Stormy. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later. That's Chris Andrews of the South Point. Um, always great insight from Chris. And speaking of which, I've been watching the NFL Combine these last couple of days. Nothing makes you feel more inferior when you've just had knee surgery and are hobbling around the casino to get to work every day than watching sub 4 340s. What are we doing? Oh, my gosh. That's why I talk about sports and I don't do them anymore because I'm not an athlete. I can't even walk. Anyways, when we come back here on the program, we're covering the bases with Friday Night Baseball. We've got my NHL power plays for tonight. And who's being disrespected in college hoops some of these odds? We'll have it all when we come back. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy, all for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the big dance. Get analysis from our experts, including our guy Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every single team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to those potential Cinderella stories. You know we love them so much. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for just $19 at vsin.com 
slash madness. We're wrapping things up here on My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bon and Tony. Time for my NHL power plays. My best bets of the night in the National Hockey League. Starting with a game that would normally be a stay away spot for me. I like the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Minus 115 against the Dallas Stars. Just a small bet because like I said, the Jets are kind of a volatile team. Um, I do usually stay away from them. They did lose the last two meetings with the Stars, but hear me out. Both of those were in Dallas and in overtime. The Jets also beat them 4-3 in a shootout earlier this year on home ice, so I see it being another close game as the line dictates, but this is a game that's essentially their season. They're at home. They've got a little confidence back with two straight wins, 13 combined goals in those two games, and they're playing against one of the worst road teams in the NHL in Dallas. And like I said, their playoff future is on the line, and they're chasing, guess who? The Dallas Stars. A lot of people disagree. They were excited to jump on the plus money here with the Stars, um, given their recent wins, given the play of Jake Ottinger, which I do not blame you. But thing, some more food for thought here with the Jets. Nikolai Ehlers, who did not play in either one of the previous meetings, one of the top three for forwards for Winnipeg this season, he's back. He wasn't available in those games before. Connor Hellebuck is finally getting a little bit of help as well, and I personally think he has the edge over Ottinger in goal. He's got a plus 14.8 goals saved above expected rate and 9-1-2 save percentage in his 45 games played. I really, I, I just, I don't know why. I just have this feeling for the Jets at home um, against Dallas. All that to say, another one of my power plays tonight is that I like Tyler Sagan. Uh, obviously a Dallas Stars player to get a goal tonight, so I don't think we're going to have a shutout on either side. Plus 245 right now on DraftKings for Sagan. In his three games against the Jets this year, he scored every game. Three goals, two assists, five points, 11 shots on goal, but wait, there's more. In his last 10 games against Winnipeg, seven goals, six assists, 13 points, and 43 shots on goal. He's only had a goal and two assists over his last four games. But if there's a get-right spot, a team that for whatever reason Sagan finds a way against, it's this one and really good value at plus, four, plus 245. Um, another bet that I do have is I, I am, like I said earlier, uh, Rangers money line minus 150 against the Devils. It looks like Igor Shosturkin will be in net. So that's the way that we're going here. Let's go down um, some of our other ones here. It's be, just with regards to that Rangers game, by the way, um, I said earlier that there are teams that just have other teams' numbers, New York being one that has one against the Jets. New York has won their past seven meetings, including their last six by two goals. So I do like backing New York here. And when we did that fade or follow segment as well, we talked about how the Rangers, the majority of betters and the majority of handle were taking that puck line play as well. That's why. Um, but okay, let's roll through some more of these these games on the slate tonight. Um, a lot of people like the Minnesota Wild tonight in Buffalo. Um, that's certainly a lean, but like I told you guys earlier with regards to how I'm feeling about the Oregon Ducks, the Wild are another one of those teams that I just refuse to bet on. Like... Even against the Sabres, who, I mean, we saw the upset that they had the other day. My producer, Steven's in the back pumping his fists right now. His Buffalo Sabres crushing it. No, they're not, okay? Don't give me those evil eyes over here. I see you. Um, no, I. my heart tells me that that's a game that you should bet Minnesota in, but it's just a lean. I'm not doing it. Like I said, we're divorced. Take the ring off. Throw it in the water. That's that ex-boyfriend from college that did you dirty, that tries to creep back in, that you have to just say no, turn it away. So let's look down the slate a little bit more. The LA Kings tonight at the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
Um, Kings in the midst of a long road trip right now, laying minus 150 as a road favorite, considering how bad they've played the last couple of games. I'm not on board, so that's a stay away spot for me, but I know people did like some value in the underdog. Um, We've got Pittsburgh taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Canes, I had it last at minus 132. Let's see where they sit right now. Minus 140, so the line has moved a little bit toward the home favorite in this case. Penguins look pretty dang good beating the Lightning the other night, um, last night rather. So I think it's a tough spot a little bit to play such difficult opponents on back-to-back nights. Um, The number has grown a little bit on the Canes, but I do edge toward the jerks at home. Um... You know, they, they should have been a favorite anyways. Pens on a back-to-back. I like Carolina there. Um, have not bet it, fair warning. But maybe as we get closer to puck drop, you could entice me. Detroit at Tampa tonight. I mean, to get any value on the Lightning ever, I feel like you have to bet it in regulation or you have to bet them on the puck line because when they're these big favorites, and this is a conversation topic we've had I beat to death, but the lines on hockey right now with these favorites are absurd. And hockey's been a pretty volatile sport lately. You see a lot of these random wonky underdogs like the Arizona Coyotes beating Colorado twice. That just happens. But with regards to this Detroit-Tampa game, Detroit, they got one of those wins over the Canes the other night. So you'd think there's no way they can do it again against Tampa, all right? At least like that's my hope. Um They've only played once this year. It was a 7-6 overtime game, second game of the year, so you can't really put any stock into that. But I like a bounce-back spot for the Lightning after the loss to Pittsburgh. Um, I could see that working out here. And if you're going to back them, like I said, if you want any value, you, you're you not going to take the minus six, 265. Last one on the docket, the Vegas Golden Knights and Anaheim Ducks. This is another no play for me as as of now, the line on the Golden Knights about a minus 125 favorite, which of course seems attractive. They have won two of the three meetings this year. The lone loss to the Ducks was by one goal, compliments of an Anaheim four goal th- second period, by the way, which is just, it was a weird, weird game. Um, I just don't really trust either team right now, especially the Golden Knights, given all of their injury history right now. They don't have their captain. They, it's just a lot um, for me. So this is another stay away. I do have some college baseball plays, which I know everybody is super excited about, but it's always exciting if you do have value. We're calling this back to school. College baseball is back in action. The Shriners Hospital for Children's College Classic is going on this weekend, and it's an incredible field at Minute Maid Park in Houston. A great scene, but you got Baylor, Oklahoma, LSU, UCLA and the matchup I'm looking at tonight, which you see on your screen, Texas versus Tennessee, top team in the country versus number 17, first pitch at five Pacific. I'm on Texas here. This is a best on best type of game. The Longhorns ace Pete Hansen's on the mound against the fourth best offense in the nation. Trey Lipscomb's got three homers and 16 RBI this week alone, but the level of competition has not been very much for Tennessee. You crushed Iona. Congratulations. So did Old Dominion. Nobody cares. I think the old adage good pitching beats good batting should hold true here. Hansen's been lights out in his two starts. He hasn't allowed a single run. He struck out 16 batters in 11 innings of work. Plus the staff itself is deep a zero six, seven ERA. Um, I, I really like Texas here offensively. They've got a lineup with three first team all Americans in the preseason. They also beat Tennessee eight, four in last year's college world series. I think this is one of those games where Texas comes out. They shoulder the top team in the country for a reason. And down goes number 17. Also like UC Irvine and Oregon state over nine and a half 
half runs. This was the lowest run total that I saw on the Friday night baseball slate tonight, and it surprised me. So I jumped on the number. Oregon State's third in the nation in batting average. They've outscored opponents 83-21 to through seven games to start this year. It's 11 runs on average by themselves per game. Against lesser competition, again, don't get me wrong, but even against Gonzaga, had nine-plus runs both of those games. And they've done most of their damage against relief pitching. On the other end, the Beavers have also had some trouble allowing runs late. Ten of their 21 runs have surrendered in the eighth inning. So Irvine's been a little disappointing this year, but I think they'll do what needs to be done to get some runs scored. Take the over nine and a half. Now, quickly, in college hoops, a couple teams were asking ourselves, are they disrespected? And if you've listened to the show, you know that I have a very deep affinity for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I think that they are one of those teams that is being disrespected. They're 55 to 1 right now to win the national championship, 12 to 1 to win the to make it to the final four and plus 600 fourth on the odds board in the SEC tournament odds behind Kentucky, Auburn and Tennessee. Auburn and Tennessee will Arkansas and Tennessee rather will close out the regular season against each other tomorrow. The Hogs beat them 58-48 on February 19th. Let me say that again. Held the Vols to 48 points. That's not that's not going to do it. Um, that's a wrap on today's. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyways, like I was saying, the odds on this team are so long to me because of a three week stretch that they had in the middle of the year where they lost five of six games against largely inexcusable teams. But Kentucky and Auburn take up the majority of the the oxygen when it comes to the SEC. But outside of that stretch, they're 24 and one. They've been crushing it. They won 13 of their last 14 games straight up covered in 12 of them. I think Arkansas is disrespected. They're a lockdown defense team. The other teams we were looking at here as options were UCLA and UConn. I think of those two UConn is the more disrespected of the two. I'm just not a fan of UCLA. I can't get on board, guys. You tell me. Hit me up on Twitter if you think I'm stupid and should back UCLA, but I can't do it. That's a wrap. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your bets. Win those conference tournaments, people. Don't forget Murray State. Bet on it. Ohio Valley.